Hey friends, in today's episode, we are traveling the pathway to God's purpose for us with the Apostle Paul. Now, we usually think of our independence as something to be prized. I certainly have always been extremely independent, but for Paul, the opposite was true. He celebrated becoming a captive of God. And more than that, it was an important stepping stone on his road to discovering what he might call God's captivating purpose for his life. I believe it will do the same for us. And as long as we're talking about purpose, Paul also paints a picture for us of how God feels about our lives and our purpose in Christ. And it's one I know will inspire and bless you. So join me for just a few minutes as we fix our hearts and minds on heavenly things. Looking for something more in this middle season of life? Lie awake at night wondering what God wants you to do and how to hear His voice clearly? I see you, sister. We're in the messy middle. Hey, I'm Angie, midlife mentor and missionary. I was busy chasing all the things when one day I woke up in the middle, and it didn't look at all like I expected. I realized my faith was too flimsy to handle all the stuff midlife was throwing at me, and I wanted to serve God with my gifts, but I just couldn't get any traction until God pulled me out of the mess and put my feet on the path to a life of peace and purpose, right here, in the middle. In this podcast, you'll discover the next steps God has for you in this season, new ways to go deeper than ever before with Jesus, and biblical tools to walk this journey with more of everything God wants for you. You ready? Come on, we're not sleeping anyway, so pop in those earbuds and let's talk. We are joining the Apostle Paul today in our passage. He is writing to the Roman city of Corinth and the believers in that city. And the passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? So Paul is using imagery from life in the Roman Empire here, and he is specifically referring to what was called a Roman triumph. This was a magnificent procession that honored a victorious general. It was granted by the Roman Senate as a military honor only for the most important, significant conquests. So the victorious general entered the city of Rome with a chariot drawn by four white horses, and ahead of him in the parade were all the government dignitaries, there were musicians, the entire army came on foot, and all the wealth, the spoils of war that the conqueror had captured, this was all paraded in this triumph. This also included the captives taken in the conquest. They were brought in chains as part of the procession. So Paul is using this imagery. It's familiar to the Corinthians, and he's describing himself. 
and all of us as believers, being led as captives in the triumphant procession to honor Jesus, to celebrate his victory over sin, and how God, through Jesus, has reconciled all things to himself. Like Colossians 1.20 tells us, all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Paul, however, includes one big twist, and that twist involves us. The captives in Jesus' procession of triumph are us. Colossians 1.13 says that God, through Jesus' victory, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So we are like hostages being rescued, or citizens being freed from the rule of an oppressive dictator. We have been freed and brought to a new country, a better country, God's kingdom of life and light and love. And yet, wait a minute, Paul says God has made us his captives. So Jesus rescued us from the kingdom of darkness to set us free, and now we are the captives of God. Isn't that a paradox? Actually, it's a key in the kingdom of God. Philippians 2, 8 and 9 tell us that Jesus poured himself out. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, that is, because of this humility, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Following this theme, this principle, Jesus told his disciples, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Matthew 10, 39. It's like in becoming captives, we actually obtain greater freedom. Or we've been given freedom to be taken captive. Captive by love. <laughs> Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, it is the love of Christ that rules us, controls us, compels us. That is a different kind of captivity, isn't it? Think of the things that we'll do because of love, true love. It's stronger than chains. It's stronger than force. Love compels us to think and act in ways that are really beyond what someone could make us do. I know that God's love has changed me over the course of my life. Just one example is in becoming a caregiver. I was never a natural caregiving personality. Not that I'm not loving or that I don't care, but that just was never part of who I was able to be comfortably. And yet that is who I have become. And the last time I was able to visit my family in the States, they actually marveled at how God has turned me into what seems to be a natural caregiving person. But it's not natural. It's supernatural because it's God's love that has changed me to become more like Christ. I'm sure you can think of the same kind of examples in your life, whether it's our ability to forgive or to be patient or just our words. These are things that force doesn't have the same power in our lives as love. And God's love is the source that truly changes us from the inside out. It compels us, right? So here are a few questions for later, for journaling, for praying over. How has the love of Christ set you free? And how has the love of Christ made you a captive all at the same time? How is captivity in the kingdom of God different from slavery in the kingdom of darkness? And how does being a captive of God in love relate to his purpose for your life? 
For Paul, becoming a captive of God and his life-transforming love was the peace that put him on the path to what became for him, and I believe can become for us, God's captivating purpose for our life. And that is what Paul is going to describe next. During the triumph parade, all the places of worship, the temples, they burned offerings of incense, and the smoke from these offerings filled the air of the city. Not only that, but there were also people in the parade carrying incense ahead of the victorious general. So everywhere in Rome, wherever you were during this triumph, the smoke and fragrance of incense announced the honor and the triumph of this conquering general. Paul says, we are the ones carrying this incense. Our lives are the incense that God uses to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Have you ever noticed how certain smells or fragrances can almost transport us back in time? They like vividly remind us of something or some place. For me, the smell of the ocean is the smell of home. It's my roots. Marion blackberries. If I smell them, I instantly have more than just a memory. It's a whole feeling. It's a sense of where I grew up in Oregon. How can a fragrance, a smell, give us such a feeling? It can be a feeling of well-being, like bread baking, or laundry that dries outside in the summer fresh air, or what smell does that for you? Most interesting, I think, is how certain fragrances can even attach us to people. My grandmother, my grandma Jo, she always wore the perfume White Shoulders. Now, you might have some older relatives that, that wear this or wore this perfume. Every time I come across that scent, that fragrance, instantly I connect that. I attach that to my grandma Jo. <laughs> and that is the kind of connection Paul is communicating here when he says that our lives are that kind of fragrance wherever we move and go throughout our days, our words, actions, and our lives are like the hint of a sweet perfume for the people around us. You know how it is when someone passes by you who's wearing a pleasant fragrance? Our fragrance is the perfume of God's greatness and his grace. It's the fragrance of Christ's redeeming love lived out. Now granted, people react differently to the same smell. That's why there are so many perfumes and colognes, right? A whole industry is trying to find the smells that captivate because what one person likes, another one doesn't. And Paul says that people will have varied reactions to the fragrance of Christ in our lives. He says it is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. In other words, although through Jesus, God has offered freedom from bondage in the kingdom of darkness to every person, 1 John 2 verse 2 says that he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So he has provided a way for all, but you can't force love. And so God gives every person the freedom to choose. As John 1.12 says, to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A person's receptiveness to Jesus determines whether they find the fragrance in our lives to be captivating, like a field of wildflowers, or repulsive, like a skunk. We can't control their response, only our own. 
Our part is to be sure that our lives do carry the fragrance of Jesus. And we can't do this in our own strength. Even Paul says in verse 16, who's adequate for such a task as this? It's only as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, allow the love of Christ to control and compel us. That's how we become faithful incense carriers. Paul has one more part in his picture. Not only are we proclaiming Jesus' victory through the fragrance of our lives to others around us, we could say horizontally, what Paul describes also has a vertical element. In verse 15, he says, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Our lives are like flowers, cultivated and nurtured, maybe even we could say held captive by the master perfume maker. For his purpose, he wants to craft a one-of-a-kind, priceless fragrance. To do this, he has to carefully and with precision crush the leaves and petals, extract precious oils, all of this from our life, sometimes through the disappointments and the painful experiences of our lives. We have not always understood what the perfume maker is doing, but he has a greater purpose for us. He takes all the parts of our lives and in perfume making, they call the different elements of perfume the head notes and the heart notes. And I think that is so perfect when you think about loving God with all your mind and heart and strength. So this perfume maker takes all the parts of our lives, the head notes, the heart notes, and combines them with the base note. This is the fragrance that gives a perfume depth and endurance. So it lasts, continues to have a fragrance. That base note for us is the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. In the end, God creates a perfume from our lives that is a completely unique expression of everything we have ever experienced combined with the fragrance of divine love, forgiveness, freedom, healing, restoration, our lives become a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Sister, how does it feel to know that you are God's favorite fragrance? Can you see God's perfume making in the experiences of your life, especially the disappointments, the difficulties, the hardest times? In what ways does the picture of being a fragrance that brings delight to God and that spreads the knowledge of Jesus to everyone around you, how does that impact your understanding of God's purpose for you and what he thinks of you, how he sees you? I would encourage you when you have time, take a walk, breathe in the fragrances of the different seasons where you live. Just be aware wherever you are today in your day of those fragrances around you. And let those recall this picture that the Apostle Paul has shared with us. Pray over these questions and any others that the Holy Spirit brings to you and let God speak to your heart. I pray this blesses you. Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you in some way, I would so appreciate it if you would share it with another sister in the middle. 
And the number one way you can bless me is to leave a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I read each review and love knowing what's touched you, and I get inspired hearing from you. You can also send me a DM and let me know how I can pray for you or give me an idea of what you would like me to talk about on the show. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Until then, walk in God's grace and peace.